How much is the Cato Daily Podcast worth to you? We certainly enjoy putting it together for you, and we know from all the positive feedback that it's an important part of many of our listeners' days. If you value our distinctly libertarian perspective, I hope you'll consider joining our new podcast sponsor program. If you visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor, you can learn about various levels of support and the benefits you'll enjoy as a Cato sponsor. For example, if you become a patron sponsor by giving $1,000 or more, I'll personally thank you on the podcast and you'll get the regular benefits of being a Cato patron as well. If you prefer, you can donate in a friend or family member's name as well. It's the perfect gift for someone who values liberty but has everything else. Learn more about the benefits of becoming a podcast sponsor at cato.org slash podcast sponsor. And as always, thank you for listening. This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, December 25th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. As we approach the end of the most turbulent year in American politics and policy, did you feel like you had any control over the outcomes, or were you incessantly worried by events over which you had absolutely no control? Author Ryan Holiday suggests that you take a page or two from the Book of the Stoics, and rather than attempting to control events, control your own reaction to them. We spoke earlier this month. I've read pieces of a couple of your books, and uh, as I said before we started recording, you do have some fans here at the at the Cato Institute for uh, some of your work. And if if you wouldn't mind, could you give us the the short version of what it means to be a Stoic? Sure. So to be a Stoic does not mean the sort of lowercase definition of Stoic as most people understand it. Right. The idea of having no emotions uh, whatsoever to sort of be the, the, the rock that's just standing there feeling nothing. Stoicism was a vibrant philosophy from ancient Greece and ancient Rome, um, inextricably intertwined with politics at, at the time, right? Seneca is a famous Stoic. He's an advisor to uh, the Emperor Nero. Marcus Aurelius is emperor. He's a Stoic philosopher. And then Cato himself, the senator who... Uh, uh, bravely resists Julius Caesar uh, usurping the Roman Republic is sort of considered to be the ultimate Stoic. Um, my personal definition of, of Stoicism uh, is a little simpler. It just says that um, the Stoic believes we don't control the world around us, but we always control how we respond. So perspective then is a key element. It's, it's perspective. It's self-discipline. It's a management of our our perceptions, and then it's also, I think, a sense of of duty and and purpose uh, uh, um, in in a world that might feel like it's spiraling out of control. So, for people who, and I think a, a libertarians have a have sort of a, I think if you look from the outside in at libertarians and say, why do none of you vote? <laughs> because so so many libertarians just as a matter of principle don't vote. I'm a Quaker. The once upon a time Quaker's didn't vote. And it, sure. it 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 wasn't necessarily out of some sort of I don't want to have an impact on things, but it was a is a more of a moral sense, but people do tend to invest themselves in these short-run political fights in a way that I think is pretty unhealthy. Well, absolutely, and and I would actually take it even further back than voting, right? Um, one of the one of the lines from Epictetus, who was a former slave who became a Stoic philosopher and was was friends with the Emperor Hadrian, um, 
would say that if you wish to improve, you need to be okay seeming clueless or stupid in extraneous matters. Um, to me, what I translate that to be saying in today's world is like, most people need to watch significantly less news, right? We feel like not only are we supposed to participate in everything as a citizen of a democracy or republic, but that we need to follow every issue in real time. And I think what the Stokes would say is, first, this is making you miserable. Second, you're pretending that you're making a difference when you're really not making a difference. And you might be neglecting improvements at home, let's say, or uh, you, you know, actual things you control. And then um, in, in terms of actual involvement in politics, I think the Stokes would say there is absolutely no con that, that, that actually the Stoke has an obligation to participate in public affairs, but that we should, you know, again, just getting upset by acting like every political issue that's happening is a matter of life or death. This would be the antithesis of Stoicism and, and happens to be a recipe for, for personal misery. Okay, so you say a lot less news. What about uh, so social media seems to have been obviously a huge uh, issue in the last year or so with respect to our elections and people uh, just, you know, somebody's wrong on the internet and they need to be corrected. Sure. Well, and look what social media also is, is so many of the things that the Stoics warned about, right? You know, they have essays on the dangers of envy and, you know, the fears of missing out and competing with other people and trying to put on errors. And in a way, social media is uh, just an exacerbation of these human trends we've always had, but to a degree that even, even the most disciplined of us find hard to, to, hard to, to, to counteract. And so, yeah, I think, I think the Stoics would tell you, not only should you watch less news, uh, you should spend less time on social media and if you are going to do either of those things, don't get your news from social media and don't spend your time on social media arguing about the news. <laughs> so if, if somebody wanted to – I think there are a lot of people who have been very just depressed by the last several years of, of yep. politics and the fighting uh, and yet feel in a sense powerless to disconnect, to disengage, to sort of tune out – what what are some things they can do to help them get centered and and yeah. and get e even in in some small way assert some control over own, their own state of mind I, I think that's a great question and and i i think people should cut themselves a break in the sense that this is a 2000 a 3000 year old question right if you can pick up the works of marcus aurelius and you have you have him talking about how Look, you keep losing the rhythm of of the life that you want, that you keep being jarred by these unexpected circumstances, that you're being distracted by applause or or criticism. Well, of course, in today's age, when we're all more connected, when we're not fighting off the plague and, and you know, there's no barbarians at the gate, of, of course, we're going to be even more susceptible to it. So first, I think the Stoics would say, like, look, you don't need to perf you don't need to become the perfect sage tomorrow. Let's just focus on some improvements where we can. And and again, I love this imagery that goes through the Stokes where they talk about the the rhythm. You know, Marcus says, "Okay, just come back to the rhythm. Come back to the rhythm. You know, if you get off of it, you don't you don't need to feel bad. You just you just come back to it." And so it's not like, "Hey, 
I'm going to I'm going to go on a complete social media back uh, blackout. Hey, I'm I'm going to become a new person on January 1st. You know, that's probably not realistic. But what if you said, hey, I'm not going to check CNN before I go to bed every night or, hey, instead of uh, reading the newspaper in the morning, I'm going to read a book, you know, and, a, and, a, and an old book, right? Not a book that just came out about uh, current affairs, but I'm going to I'm going to try to sort of root myself in some more timeless principles. Um, and I'm just going to make these little improvements. And hey, if I slip up, that's OK. I'm going to just come back to it. So I think that that would be where they would start. Um, Marcus Aurelius himself would would say, like, look, don't go around expecting Plato's Republic. And uh, I think he would mean that for himself, too. Don't go. You're, you're not perfect. You're going to make mistakes. Um, so so don't try to transform overnight. Just just look where you can make improvements. So. Humility. Yes. Uh, humility about your own failures, your own frailties. Yes. And and an, an appreciation that uh, you're immediate decisions may not contribute much to developing those muscles. I, th I think that's right. And and look, when we talk about some of these things, the mistake can can be that, OK, this feels very hopeless. This feels very helpless. Actually, what the Stokes are saying is like, look, don't try to change the whole world all at once either. Why don't you just focus on changing yourself as well? Right. Like, I think the Stokes would say, like, like, look, if you look out in the world and you see you know, all these scandals and you see corruption and you see a coarsening of the public discourse. And 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 that, that can be really depressing. Um, and, and you can despair of being able to change it. Well, they they would say in some ways you're right. But why don't you just focus on where you can make a difference on those exact issues in your own life? So the Stokes would say over and over again, we don't control other people. We control ourselves. Right. So what can you do in your own family? What can you do in your own discourse and the, and the things that you put out in the world? And, and how can you make that? How can you make a difference that way? So um, uh, it's an individualist philosophy in the sense that it's not necessarily trying to reform other people so much as it's saying, look, you've got plenty of work to do reforming yourself. And it seems that in order to have that robustness, you need to have some independence. To 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 resolve to be to be resolved to make these kinds of different choices about yourself, you need to uh, cultivate uh, independence. Yes, yes. Um, although that doesn't mean you you know if you live in D.C., that doesn't mean you have to fly to Montana to get that independence. You can have the you can have that independence right now. You've just got to be able to sort of shut out some of the noise for a minute. You can. Retreat into yourself is, I guess, what the Stoics would say. Um, and you can do that by, you know, cracking open an old book. You can do that by, you know, sitting quietly in a park. You know, you can do it by sort of retreating into your own thoughts. Um, but, yeah, if you're if you're going, going, going all the time, if you're talking, talking, talking all the time, if you're consuming and consuming and consuming, it's really hard to have that independence because you're basically being jerked around like a puppet. Who are some people that you look to in within our lifetimes that you think, wow, this person really seems to uh, have have caught something, is really uh, understands this at a deeper level than the rest of us? 
Well, the the link between stoicism and and modern politics is is surprisingly, I think, more robust than maybe um, people know. Um, obviously, James Stockdale uh, is shot down uh, over Vietnam, and and he says to himself as he's parachuting into what will be imprisonment at best, at worst, you know, death. You know, he says to himself, "I am leaving the world of technology and entering the world of Epictetus." He said, "Like I'm, this is." my chance to practice the philosophy in, in, the, in a real laboratory is really how he saw it. And so obviously we lost him a, a number of years ago, but uh, you know, he, he ran for pres- vice president of the United States uh, not, not that many years ago. Um, it, it's, been, it's been cool for me to hear that, uh, you know, I, I wrote this book, The Daily Stoke, and a number of, of Republican senators uh, read it in the, in the Senate dining room uh, on a pretty regular basis, which has been cool to me. If you wanted to go back a little bit further, you know, George Washington uh, puts on a, a play about Cato at Valley Forge to inspire his men. You know, Thomas Jefferson dies with Seneca on his uh, nightstand table. So there is this connection between stoicism and modern politics um, at, at, at the risk of triggering uh, anyone on this podcast. Uh, and I say this in the, in a non-political sense because I'm sort of uh, middle of the aisle myself. I think um, whatever you want to say about Obama's policies, I think what he did embody was was some stoic traits as the leader, uh, as a leader in the sense that it really didn't matter what you threw at that guy. Um, he was always unflappable. It didn't matter uh, how bad the crisis was. He was always he was always able to comport himself with a, a certain amount of, of grace and self-control, the, the opposite of which we are, you know, seeing more recently. And, and so just the idea of like, um, although stoicism has, a, has its set of virtues and it's, it's a, you know, a number of really specific tenets, just the idea of being calm and in control is dramatically undervalued in today's world. And, and I think we're starting to realize that disparity now if uh you know mil- if tens or a hundred million americans woke up tomorrow tomorrow and had this uh this stoic wisdom grafted onto their brains and really internalized it what do you what would change uh, either from policy or politics or just the society at large in your view yeah that that is a great question i would imagine that that talk radio and cable news and half of Twitter would just sort of disappear overnight because we'd realize just not 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 how point just how pointless these things are, but just how how toxic they they can be. I think we'd we'd be able to find more common sense solutions to things in the sense of uh, you think this, I think this. How can we compromise somewhere in the middle? And and then where where we disagree uh, and 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 find that there is no compromise, how can we? Uh, how, how can we fight it out with with honor and mutual respect for each other, you know, literally or figuratively? Um, I, I I would say that America at its best, you know, that would be America at the revolution, you know, the union cause during the Civil War, um, uh, the, the, the Second World War. That actually happens to be when, even in the Great Depression, that happens to be when America has had this attitude fused at the front of our minds. I, I think you can make an argument that stoicism is very hard to do when things are going very, very well. 
because we are we have all these luxuries and we have all these choices. And America seems to, you know, what's that saying that Churchill said about America, where we we uh, we can be counted on to try the right thing after we've tried the wrong thing. Um, I think when we have no other choice, we do the stoic thing. But it's in these times of abundance uh, that 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 we we seem to think we have the luxury of of maybe getting a bit soft lessons that are easily forgotten in good times. I think that's I think that's exactly right. And and look, if you were to sort of map out the peaks and valleys of of interest in Stoic philosophy over world history, you know, it's not a coincidence that it's uh, popular at the you know the sort of the decline and fall of Rome, um, just as it's not a coincidence that it was there in the American Revolution. It's in the in the times that try men's souls. You look for a philosophy to sort of help back you up, and and I think Stoicism has historically been that for for a lot of people. Ryan Holiday is author of many books, most recently The Daily Stoic and The Daily Stoic Journal. And now a special thank you from one of the newest supporters of the Cater Daily Podcast. Tosh, thank you for your generous support of the Cater Daily Podcast and for becoming a patron-level sponsor. Without supporters like you, we couldn't do our work at all. And if you would like to become a Cato Podcast sponsor like my new close personal friend Tosh, visit cato.org slash podcast sponsor.